Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Each week, we bring you the Dewing Grain market report, giving you up-to-date information and insider advice, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues while sampling a beer, Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's market report. Welcome to the market report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. This week we've got four of us going to be discussing how harvest has gone so far. So I have got with me Ben. Hello. Ian. Hello. And Josh. Hello. Right, what we're going to do is is an easy format. We're going to do the market report, which you can all chip in with. And we're going to be drinking beer because we've got a barrel of Adnams Southwold Bitter, everybody's favourite. Although this is a filtered Adnams Southwold. Yeah, so obviously it doesn't have less less time settling. And it's nice, but it's 34 degrees outside, so it's not the perfect beer for right now, but it's still a very nice beer. Would it help if I put some lemonade in the top of it for you, Josh? <laughs> Anything cold compared to lukewarm would be pretty great right now, yeah. Now, I don't want to set the tone too much for this week's market report because this is a pretty serious time of the year, as we all know. And we must get press on a bit because it is, in fact, Ben's anniversary and he's very keen to get back. Ten years. What are you expecting, Ben? (laughs) (laughs) Probably another child. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, blimey. You better hurry home now then, lad. (laughs) Right, okay. let's start with Market Report. This is for a week commencing the 10th of August 2020. We are going to finish harvest before the end of August, except for the really late drilled wheat that was put in in March, because it's just the wheat is nearly finished, with the exception of some of the broadland areas and out by the coast, but even that's coming in here at about 13% moisture. And what is going to come last is the spring barley and if the weather holds like it says it's going to with the exception of the odd thunderstorm on Wednesday next week we're going to have the spring barley done as well so we'll be done by the end of August and uh, goodness knows what we do then for the rest of the year because it's the only time we're busy now isn't it yeah it's scary (laughs) mental so market (laughs) values Let's start with um, with winter malting barley. Let's have a, give a lowdown on what we think's happened, bearing in mind we are the most important part of the country for winter malting barley. There is only 250,000 tonnes of that used in the UK, roughly, uh, so it's largely a local issue. If you listen to previous week's podcast, you'll know that the Broadland area had low nitrogen and anywhere to the west of kind of Aylsham, didn't. Now, as usual, I offend people whenever I come out with sweeping statements. There's the odd pocket of low nitrogen winter barley from that area, and yes, well done, but I'm supposed to give an accurate assessment in about five seconds what's gone on, so please don't be offended if I kind of uh, sweep you under the carpet one of my big, big statements. Point is, there is a lot less low nitrogen winter malting barley than planned, and it's been quite hard, and there's been a little bit of a fight at the tail end to pick up the last bits of it. There certainly isn't a surplus of it because the yield was so difficult or awful, or depends how you want to describe it. That's done. It's in the barn in our case. appreciate our competitors aren't quite yet moving it all, but they're getting there. They'll catch us up one day. On the spring barley, very early days still because everyone's been cutting wheat instead. It's not been fit. There's the problem with the green grains. From the outset, I would say... Initially, Laureate is coming in, especially with high nitrogens. 
low yields, it's a very good size, there's very little trade going on so it's difficult to set a price. I would guess a value for the perfect spring malting barley under 1.6 nitrogen is going to be about £140 a tonne. And I think depending on what happens with the rest of harvest, obviously you've got uh, Scotland to come on that, they haven't started yet. Scotland actually had some winter barleys which were also high nitrogen. So if that's a sign of what's coming on the springs, that might just make prices go up a bit. But I suspect that is not the case with the spring barley. I also suspect from the early samples out of Denmark, that looks to be good quality and reasonably low nitrogens. So um, despite there being a huge crop, it does still feel a bit short at the moment. That possibly could be because... We haven't seen enough cut. People have simply been cutting wheat and the barley hasn't come. So so maybe next week I'll uh, be stuffed out with that stuff and I'll be saying how terrible the price is that it'll never get better or whatever. So with that sort of grumpy uh, malting barley assessment, I will say feed barley has been happily trading about 120x farm. Still trading 120x farm, hasn't gone up, hasn't gone down. A little bit off the boil. Uh, if the pound was just to drop a bit, we would see those prices improve. And one f- wonders whether the pound will continue to be as firm as it has been, obviously, as we head towards the end of the year. I would just add, 2021, there will be a big area lost to winter malting barley and probably to spring barley as well because people are going to put wheat in. Consequently, prices for next year are going to be better. So there may be some very good price contracts if you're going to be growing malting barley that are available uh, on the table. Phone up Doing Grain and find out more. Moving on to um, oilseed rape, I'm going to pass the mic to Webby and I'm going to sip my beer. Cheers, Andrew. Rapeseed. So last week we had a bit of a rundown. We know that the yields were fairly uniformly miserable. There was the odd pocket of good uh, yielding rapeseeds out there the old people with four tons but four is the old five as i refer to it now and they're few and far between the market the last week the mati futures have come lower which has been a frustration we kind of thought we'd have a tail end strong finish but it's not doing it i think the main reason for that is the strong euro against the weak dollar and that's kind of kept a lid on mati futures so that's kind of undermining things a bit but all in all it is um it is a tight market. There's a very small UK crop. Yes, there'll be some imported seed, but, but there is a very tight S&D. During the week, there was a um, couple of million tonne increase in Canadian canola, but there's still a way to go for that yet. Um, the Ukrainian crop is countering that by a million tonnes. Like I got to say, still long term, still feel friendly to it, but in the immediate, it's looking a little bit sloppy. So it's okay. coming there. New crop. The crop that's going in the ground. I mean, I, I spookily heard a comment from a, a seed merchant yesterday that they believe that the rapeseed sales will be down 50% this year. So 50%. Yes, some of that 50% drop will be down to farm save, but that's pretty scary. And this is a bit of a plug, but on those numbers, I think it was me, and if I did not have the balls, is the wrong way of putting it, but um, I think I'd try and grow a bit more. Your balls do need to grow yes. a bit more, yeah. <laughs> I think actually on that point, locally around here, obviously rape's done pretty well, hasn't it? It's not done as badly as everyone thought. And I, it almost feels as if some people aren't growing because their neighbours aren't growing it. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, it's definitely the flea beetle has given the uh, the market a kick in the sentiment. But if you take rapeseed that was probably down a tonne a hectare, wheats were down two, two and a half, it's the same comparable yield loss. Prices up year on year, £30 a tonne? What, sorry, rapeseed? Yeah. No, last year it was trading at 330 for harvest. Okay. Hopefully. 
about the same, like level level par. If it wasn't for a coronavirus, actually, I, I would have thought I'd like to think we'd be 350 plus easily. Okay. Right, so we're going to move on to a much more interesting feed week. And um, Ben has been looking at the world uh, supply and demand issues. So, uh, Ben? So what have we seen? So the estimates came out this week of a larger Canadian crop, but they were estimates, but the market seems to have reacted. Five million tonnes. Yeah, five million tonnes, but they're still estimates. We've got to wait and see on that one. The market has reacted. Funnily enough, the Chicago wheat market has come down more than any other wheat market. Matif and London aren't as badly affected. Which they are is, down. Which is quite impressive considering how weak the currency's got. The Euro, uh, sorry, the dollar. Given yeah, the, yeah, given yeah, the, yeah. The American markets have thumped against and, and the weak Sorry, market. just on that, yeah. So we're going to be talking about currency quite a bit because actually the dollar is very, very weak. Reason the dollar's weak, people are taking money out of dollar and they've been buying gold. Gold's at a record high price at the minute. So if you see that chart, that's been phenomenal. There are questions about whether gold can keep going up. If it doesn't, then the dollar could strengthen and that will change a lot of the commodity prices, I think. We were having the conversation in the office the other day. Is the dollar lower now than when Donald came into power? <laughs> so I think this whole dollar-euro trade-off is one to watch. I mean, feed wheat prices in the UK... It's very difficult all over the place. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'll come in here to make sure he doesn't pay too much. (laughs) (laughs) No, harvest harvest movement, the price has dropped off. It was sitting there at a premium almost. What's happened in the last week, wheat is suddenly available galore. There is a price for November, which is trading at £3 over the North Futures in Norfolk, and it comes back a pound a month from there. So October is £2 over the North Futures. September is still trading at a pound over the North Futures price. So the North Futures is 163 You can make 164 in the trade for feed wheat. Whereas previously the harvest price was only £1 lower than that, it's now £4 lower than that. So it's 160 delivered for immediate movement wheat. And I think that price will not improve. And as the wheat goes on, there will be no homes or no fresh homes at that price to pay. So there is a bit of a snarl up in terms of tonnage coming forward as farmers have to sell the bit they can't get in their shed or whatever. And the fixings are getting taken. Bearing in mind there's no boats going out this autumn, that should develop into a bit of pressure however the 13 and 12 percent moisture means that people are stuffing it into places they kind of don't normally stuff it and they feel a bit more comfy about it resting there for a bit the september price will eventually come under a bit of pressure as well as the people who hold it and mark my words there is stuff tipped in sheds that in the middle of august has been quite happily tucked away first two weeks september nice and safe, nice and dry, and then there'll be a storm. The first storm of the winter will come through, and we will have someone phone us up and say, I've had a torrent of water flow through my shed, and the bottom two feet are wet. So that's happened 158 million times previously, so whoever you are with the rubbish shed, think about it, it does rain again, and it will happen to you. So um, Ben wants to have a word about that. Well, no, the other thing is, obviously, bushel weights have been stonking, we all accept the yields are down, but the bushel weight has compensated a little bit for that. And, of course, all of a sudden, you, people can stuff more wheat into a smaller space because they've got bigger bushel weights. Absolutely. We've got a 2,000-tonne bin with 2,400 tonnes in it. Beat that. <laughs> anyway, so prices, X farm immediate movement is going to be something like X farm 154. If you're moving it for September, at this moment in time, you're going to be sort of 57 X, something like that. 
Andrew's least favourite subject, milling wheat, Group 1 milling wheat. The quality's good. We're seeing some really good qualities. Hagbergs are slightly odd. They're not as big as you'd think, but they're still managing to get over 250. And that further on market, Ocknov, Deck, Jamfed, March, Group 1 milling wheat market, that's the one to watch. Where you have to be a little bit careful is there is a lot of other quality wheat available. If the Canadian crop is going to be massive, I could see millers just buying more of that and then just blending in lower spec ones and twos. But even the um, even the four hards, which at some points in a marketing year you might think there's premium, I mean, they've been enormous high proteins, good kilo weights, and they'd all technically make it. So, I mean, will the premiums the be The premium's going to erode everybody. Gonna, the millers are going to import it because they've got to do that they're not going to be held to ransom. The price for autumn milling wheat into the Midlands has been £200 a tonne. Nobody wants to pay £200 a tonne when they think they should be paying £100 a tonne, which is what the miller thinks. So somewhere along the line, they're going to get enough imported. Uh, you know who you are bringing in that German stuff. It's fine. Good for you. It's going to shoot the premium to pieces. So farmers, sell the premium. Get that premium locked in. Whether you fix the base <coughs> price, we don't know what's going to happen next on that. I mean, that the prospects for feed wheat... There is a crop that is 20%, 25% down on normal yields. We haven't got into the area of Lincolnshire yet where there is barely any crop at all. Underlyingly, the UK feels incredibly tight and incredibly bullish. But consumers import. There will be lots of maize coming in to Ensis. There's lots and lots of maize going to go into the distillers in Scotland. In the end, we will definitely end up with more than enough wheat because anyone held to ransom will get supply. And there is a bit of of an issue in December, January, possibly, where trade could be difficult to occur due to lack of agreement. So, you know, I think that we at the moment are hedged not by selling UK wheat. UK wheat's hard to get your hands on. Farmers aren't selling it. And that's the biggest support you've got in your price. But we have to hedge what we're buying, and we're selling alternative countries' futures prices, in our case, Matif. So we are hedged by selling something else. Because UK wheat, just you can't get farmers to physically sell it. But you will come along one day. Is this the right time to raise the, um, the horrible question of the UK crop size? Okay, this is this is probably the moment to uh, to sign off the market reports. So we can go to our whatever fabulous advert we've got this week and say, you know, have a great week's combining. I don't think you'll quite finish most of you by the end of next week, but lots of you will be done. And um, you know, add it all up, have a really good look at what you expect to make from that crop. Yeah, your marketing's going to become very important shortly, and especially 2021 harvest. Let's look at whether you are really going to plant. I mean, it looks like it's never going to rain again, and no one's going to plant any wheat, and therefore I'm not going to sell it. But if you all do what you say you're going to do, there is a very big wheat crop coming for that year. So have a very good look at that price, and perhaps that's the most important thing you can be doing of all. Anyway, have a great week's trading. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Mutimer family have been rearing pigs outdoors since 1973 and in recent years have developed Swannington Farm to Fork into a multi-award winning rural business. The animals are reared to the highest welfare standards and are fully recognised by schemes such as the RSPCA's Freedom Food Scheme and the Red Tractor Assurance Scheme. The pigs thrive on grass-covered sandy soil while sheep and beef cattle graze the beautifully environmentally sensitive meadows of Swannington Beck. Swannington Farm to Fork is a multi-award winning wholesale butchers and farm shop who specialise in supplying fully traceable meat, 
with the emphasis on quality, taste, animal welfare and food miles. To pubs, restaurants, hotels, cafes, colleges, hospitals and the public. In September 2019, Farm to Fork won the Eat Norfolk Food and Drink Field to Fork Award, with the judges being impressed with the sustainability of Swannington Farm to Fork and explaining how the business is producing an outstanding product and has a vision for the future with very impressive environmental credentials, as well as having good links to the community. For more information, visit their website, swanningtonfarmtofork.co.uk. And now it's time for Farm Chat. Okay, so in amongst our market report, we didn't actually ask Josh about prospects for seed. And we're going to start with that. And then we're going to have a general chat, if everybody's happy with it, about where we think things are going to go and and some observations about this harvest so far. So we'll start with you, Josh. Sure. There's less things to plant. So wheat is going to go in. There's a lot of wheat. And after a big price year, there's a lot of wheat that goes in the ground. Hopefully conditions are good. Everyone's going to want seed the first two weeks of September. So you must get it ordered by the 20th of August. If you want it by the first week of September, order it by then. Because you won't get it. There's too many varieties on the list. And there's two. So if a seed plant has three routes to run through and they've got 40 varieties to trade, that's just impossible. So you need to have two weeks lead time. So mainstay varieties, which ones are you going to have lots of? Gleam. Fire, so Gleam on the Group 4 hardware has done fantastically well this year. We've got farmers who have planted Gleam and Gravity, which is a good one a couple of years ago. And Gleam is by far and away the better one. Anything septoria resistance, high septoria resistance is good. Firefly is a Group 3 soft wheat. Again, second highest septoria resistance on the list. Group 2, Extase, the highest resistance to septoria. It is a French variety, so will benefit from a hot, dry summer, but is more expensive seed. So, but... That will only cost you two to three pounds a hectare, really, so not a lot. Is Xtase readily available? I'm hearing it must be as popular, isn't it? It must be getting tight now, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting tight, and it's probably becoming more popular because of the fact that it's getting tight, and people just want stuff they can't have. Yeah, but also Xtase is a Group 2 milling wheat. Yes. I mean, you know, if you're going to go for yield, you may as well go for a Group 4, hadn't you? I'd probably go for Gleam if you're Norfolk-based. And or Firefly is a great, is a good variety for soft wheat. It's fantastic. Yeah, soft um, wheat's always going to, there's always going to be that little bit of Group yeah. 3 demand, yeah. Certainly. And and from a Group 1 point of view, Zayat is, that's it. Yeah, because we've got, you know, we've got to think now, Brexit, UK markets, Class 1 milling wheat. So if it's Zayat, then Zayat it is. Let's look at some of these later drilled areas. We'll be creating space in our stores for Class 1 milling wheat because we we can change. Well, yeah, we have done this year. We've taken Group 1s in. We're not sure about that. We'll be fine. I have. I've changed. I'm not, here I am extolling the virtues of milling wheat. That's it. See, proof. I back down. In serious news, though, that expect that if if you don't order it soon, you could be let down. Well, they always so, say that, don't they? Yeah, you'll have loads of it. Or you've, but, you know, it would be a shame. And and you know, don't order half a ton because you will get let down because people won't bother for half a ton. Okay, sorry. 
to be miserable, but they won't. Well, no, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we bother. We bother. No, we will. We will. We will. We will. We will. We will. We will bother. But yeah, um, but but what you're saying, Josh, is if you order half a ton, it yeah. might take a bit longer to get to. For sure. Yeah, yeah. because it's not going to make much difference to someone that processes twenty thousand tons a year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Half, we, half we, a ton. we, we, as ever, chewing grain will endeavour. We will. Yes, of course. Yes. If you're half a ton. And you'll still be miserable. So moving on. We've now got to have a little chat about how it all is, this, this harvest. Everyone says, oh, this is a really strange harvest every single year. But this is a really strange harvest. It is wheat before spring barley. It is 37 degrees outside. Everything's dry, even the stuff with green grains in it. Webby's taking protein shakes, so that makes it a very strange harvest. Can I go and top my beer up? <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. The diet's yeah. not going that well. <laughs> Izzy's been away for a week, so Webby's diet has been... Unusual. Yeah. <laughs> More yeah. unusual than the wheel of feta. <laughs> that was my, that's the weirdest thing I think Ian's ever eaten. Right, let's let Webby get another beer. Can I get another beer? Oh, we'll talk about it when you're gone. Yeah. This harvest actually reminds me of Norwich City's season, really. What? It's the closest thing I can compare it to. Go on. It tried, but it just fails. <laughs> Everything. Everything's gone wrong. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, the weather was certainly against them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except yeah. for two weeks in March. Yeah. What, else, what else has gone wrong? Uh, yield, yeah, yeah. Protein's good. There are some good quality malting barley's. Yes, and there are some good quality wheats as well. There is some good, very good quality wheats, which is what we are parochial Norfolk people aren't used to that. But there are some really good ones. Yeah, I mean, is the summer of thirty odd degrees and massive heat waves what we're going to face in the future? Because there is no point in owning a dryer anymore, is there? Because here we are, grain store, no dryer usage. It is the summer of our lives. Oh, Webby's got two beers. There we go. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This is climate change in action. Okay, yeah, we might well say we don't need dryers, but, you know, who knows? Next harvest it could just pour with rain and that'll be that. You're yeah. shaking your head. No. Well, it, this is one of the weirdest ones because it was, it was a late start. It was, a late, it was not early. The last two years yep. we've had some barley combined in June, very first week of July... This didn't start till the third week of July, and we're talking, or second week, really. Yeah. And we're now talking the, the end of the first week of August, and people are finishing. Well, heat, dry, continuous dry, is something that seems to be a phenomenon that we're following a pattern of. Equally, it seems to be dry from March through till May every year. The weather okay, patterns yeah. have changed. There's no choice about it. I'd love a wet harvest, because the store would make some money. Will the whole Norfolk be vineyard soon? <laughs> that was Andrew's horse impression there. Um, <laughs> oh, someone, someone didn't get a horse when they were younger. Um, right, anyway. Or a bridge. <laughs> oh dear. Now I, know why, now I know why Josh doesn't like doing these podcasts. Um, right, sorry. Moving on. So my other amazing sort of story this week was the Chinese corn stores that went off didn't they yeah now this is just a story to keep an eye on because China has been selling corn out of its state reserves for the past month and it's been selling out everything they've offered has gone which is very suspicious and at the same time they've been buying an awful lot from all over the world and then last week there was a very small story going around that someone had videoed a state corn store and basically all the corn was rotting in the store. Has that person ever been seen again? No. Yeah, like that grain store, they've disappeared. 
But we did see a very brief photo that was bravely posted by someone, uh, and it did show the corn was in an absolute state. But the US corn crop's going to counter, you know... Yeah, sorry, I know is, that's one but store, but, but there's the USDA, a massive... The USDA report crop. is going to show probably not the increase in US corn production, but it will show, it should show, because there's an extra sale to China, it should show more sales. It could be, if you people just believe that report on that day it's printed, it should be slightly bullish. Yes, that's interesting. And as ever, you know, we all get these reports compiled by people far more intelligent than us that tell us where all these stocks are. And actually, these stores aren't that good at the end of the day. And, you know, you hear that you know, India produces huge amounts of wheat and it's all kept in bags in stores. Well, I guarantee that a lot of that wheat won't be there. Can you stop waggling your leg, please? Because I'm getting seasick. You keep waggling your leg. I'm excited about going home. <laughs> so, are you, um, so what's the plan of action, then? Hello, will, you, will, you be, uh, will you be greeted the door and uh, will you be wearing a long coat? <laughs> Tell us about your card, Ben. So, well, I, I will say the old chap's been on furlough for, the, for a while. I asked higher management if mine could come off furlough as well, actually, not, not till the end of October. <laughs> to be fair, Andrew, I think, is, is your self-employed or...? <laughs> Back to telling us about your card. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I, I must admit, I, as ever, being a man, uh, I rushed into the shop to buy an anniversary card and picked up an anniversary card that you're supposed to give to a third party. I've got to say, it made it for me, actually, not that it was... But you're not coming on my anniversary. Than, other, than the, other than the humour yes, value, it's a pretty... <laughs> <laughs> no, other than the humour value, it's a pretty crap card. Well, the humour value and the fact that you got it so horribly wrong, which I think was great. <laughs> I can't believe I'm being lectured to by Ian Webster. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who doesn't buy cards like the rest yeah, of us? No. <laughs> didn't, didn't you get Izzy that card that said, uh, Merry Christmas, sorry the Santa doesn't deliver to little or something like that? Oh, no, you can't. You can't. No, Ben's card had a, had a bit that says, I hope you're marvellous and fantastic. I'm, I'm so glad that you are both so in love or something. <laughs> and you had to cross out the you and put we. Well, I did put a caveat on top saying, this card is all about you. <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble when she, yeah. <laughs> when she gets that, if she's got it, she'll go. She's got it. Yeah. So what, what are the plans? Have you got a, uh, a grand master plan? Uh, no, I've got two bottles of champagne, pizza, and some salad. Are you going to do um, my idea of um, locking the boys in their room and sell a tape some sell a tape some earbuffs to the head? <laughs> Can I just say that's slightly less abusive than Ian's other idea, <laughs> which was here. Here was Ian's other idea. Give them both a fiver, tell them to stand with their foreheads against the wall, and the first one to move loses the fiver. <laughs> that's, that's where you got all your fivers from when you were a kid, isn't it? Bringing some decorum back. Yeah. Um, so, so you're going to go back after you've had half a, sh- half a shandy and, uh, and say, should we have a champagne, Sarah? 
Then what? Well, then I'll go and put the boys to bed and then drink some more champagne and then we'll see where the night takes us. Yeah. I might make Sarah do the five <laughs> challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Webby? Because Izzy's back after a, a week or two away, isn't she? She's been missing. So I've got a very, very, very big dilemma, which I'm sure you can appreciate, but there's a fresh barrel of... There is Adnan downstairs. <laughs> barrel, is he? Barrel, is yeah. he? You can have the barrel and is he? Just get. Yeah. Don't forget Tiggy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your daughter. Ah, now's a good time, actually. Nappies. Go on, tell the world. How many have you done? Probably done a couple, two or three. Wet ones, I've been quite fortunate that when I've been dropped in it, I've. So, what do you do when there's a, what do you do when there's a stinky one? Just sort of like. No, I've, no, I've missed them. I've missed them. What, like, didn't smell them at all? Didn't yeah, notice fine. it? Never knew anything about it? Possibly sussed one out and went, uh, <laughs> oh, that hedge needs cutting. A lot of our female listeners who um, are very fond of my farmer's wife impression are uh, hanging on your every word about your... Um, are they? Yeah, nappy changing, yeah. Are you going to do your farmer's wife impression? No. <laughs> <laughs> I get in all sorts of trouble because I, I turn into a different persona and it comes out trouble. Maybe on the reflecting over the first hundred episodes, I might I might do a quick one then. When's a hundred? It's coming <coughs> up soon, isn't it? I think we're on ninety-eight this week, and then on ninety-nine, you know, we'll make it as we go along again as usual. And we have the um, we have the Earl of Leicester for the hundredth episode, the big hundredth episode. Very grand, yeah. That was yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I, the, the the best bit about that was I've got to admit this. I went in there and I said, right, you know, because I had a time slot to do it in and, and Tom was very, very good. And he, he said, oh, Andrew, he said, what beers are we reviewing today then? I went, I didn't bring one. I didn't think we had the time with, you know, the time slot I've got. It's kind of, he said, oh, I said, what have you got in your fridge? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he bought the beers. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. what, what did he have in the fridge? Adams, because he, he supplies beer for uh, uh, Barney for Adams. Perfect. Did he have a, a niche at Adams, or was it? A, a he had. He had. We had two. Well, you'll hear. You'll hear on the on the episode. Okay. Two a two beer challenge. One was a citrus one, and one was just straight. Yeah, was, there you go. Perfect. What is the verdict? Moon jumper, the which I think we reviewed the other day. Which we uh, sorry, moon gazer jumper, which we all really liked. Moon gazer versus jumper versus the Adams, which is my favourite. No, I'm gonna have moon gazer jumper. Oh. I think, and do you know what? It depends on the weather, but as it's 34 degrees outside, I'm going to go with the Moongazer jumper. This, this, I, this, or actually, I, I actually think this doesn't, this is filtered or something. It's my favourite beer, undeniably, but it's been filtered. It's not like we got one that had already been, was it a bright one he calls it or something? Well, it, so it isn't quite on the spot. It is a bit warm as well, but I mean, it's, it's my favourite. I will be, I'll be doing my bit for mankind this evening outside here. We brought a barrel of it, and I'm going to chew the cud with anyone who's outside there and drink a few of them, and you, it'll go down nicely. You might not have the palate to know Webby. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So Scarlet, Scarlet's home as well, isn't she? So what Scarlet questions have we got? <laughs> What, doesn't listen generally or doesn't listen to the podcast? Does Scarlett listen to the podcast? No, she doesn't, no. She does listen to some, without being sexist, some girl podcast that they just talk about something I'm not interested in. Yeah, well, the point is... She could, placenta or she, something, I was like, it's not interesting. Yeah, she'd have that fried when she has your baby. 
<laughs> no, it's, uh, it's not babies. No, like fortunately, actually, that um, her uncle has actually just had a, had a had a child, and Scarlett had to go look after this kid. And Scarlett was like, "Oh, I haven't got you know, I don't want to have kids." Away, Josh, when you talk. Yeah, about I know. It's, it's a worry. Actually, the first one of my friends has had his had his first kid. Ed Salmon. He works for Cranswick, but he works on the uh, he works on the beef side. But he had his first child, which is congratulations to Ed, obviously, and Harriet, yeah. Reginald. Well done, um, yeah. But. Yeah, I mean that at the moment. Reginald. Is Reginald. Or, is yeah. it after her? Reginald. I can't um, remember the name. No, it's live. It? Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I th- right, look, I've got to go because it really is yeah. my anniversary. So I'll leave you three chatting. Yeah. Yeah, carry on. Have some more beers. Right. right. Bye. And can you just top my beer up and bring it back up again? Go on. Go on. You, I've got. I've got the headphones on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We don't want to wear you out too much before your big date, though. Yeah, walk slowly. <laughs> Take it easy. He's keen, isn't he? We're recording this in the afternoon, by the way. It's five thirty-four, so it's post-trading hours. Quite like the afternoon um, podcast session. It's good. Yeah. yeah, it's good to. I yeah, agree. It's definitely a lot more relaxed. Here's your beer, Andrew. Cheers, Ben. Have a lovely weekend. Yeah. Take it easy, lad. Yeah. See ya. Ben, you left these little blue pills on the uh, desk. <laughs> There's about six or seven traction trailers in the yard. It's proper harvest day, isn't it? And we were talking about it being a strange harvest. It is all going to be over, isn't it? Very soon. It is. I, I gen- in a week, it's going to be done, which yeah. is mad. There'll be some late East Norfolks. Well, saying that, I spoke to a farmer in East Norfolk, who Ian Dean, who we had on the podcast two, three weeks ago, and he would cut wheat uh, this week. So that's not often that they get no. on that early. So... Does his combine cope with it being dry? Probably yeah, not. Yeah, it's good. It's, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm expected <clears> to be good. But um, I think there's a few others that I actually will be surprised. I will say the 15th. I'll be quite open. We focus on having stalls that we fill and we provide space for people if there's any eventuality at Harvest where they need to move stuff, and which is great. You know, it's caught us a load of customers it means people who are trading with us are happy with the service we can say yeah we can do that when other people can't and it's quite quite nice to be able to be mr clever dick on on such things but this year we're going to have some space left in the stores there's no two ways about mm. it you know we commit to the stores we pay the stores the full amount and we will do what we say we're going to do but we know already that we will not be filling all of the stores and that for a business like ours is just a, an obstacle or a cost to overcome this year. The fat lady hasn't sung yet, but it is kind of heading that way. All of it's the heading that shouting, way. You know, Elsham County will be full. Mm. I think the barley side of things we can fill up is the wheat stores. Mm. Barley, there's enough kind of distressed there stuff is, and yeah. people yeah. dreaming of a premium for something. And we don't know the full story on the spring barley yet. And, you know, you guess until you actually see the product in there. But the wheat, mm. there's no way we're going to fill the stores. They'll have enough tonnage... But they won't be full. Yeah, it's a very it is strange. I think in the ten, eleven years, we've never had. I haven't seen one like this no. yet. And uh, normally it's the other way around, and it's the the miserable of can we actually get you in the store time moment? Sometimes you know we're never we're never full, as we like to say. You know we we cram it in, cram it in, cram it in. But uh, yeah, this, this in, is in the end there'll be a day when I mean the, the person who owns storage takes priority, and they have to because. And, and we will bust a gut for those guys above everybody else because they've actually invested and made these central stores work. And without their investment, all these other hangers-on wouldn't be able to do what they do. All they do is moan if you get dry and charge or whatever. But the reality is 70% of farmers have not invested in storage really earnestly for a generation 
possibly mm. too, and they rely upon other people to move it. And lots of the trade are just the same. They have not spent a penny on storage. And, you know, stores are something that you can pick up <coughs> or put down to your heart's content. But if you mistreat them too many times, next harvest, when possibly there's going to be a very big harvest, it might be a time when you really think, oops, I wish I'd kept that store. So our attitude is, is more than one year at a time. Yep, we're going to take a hit this year on it. But next year, there's going to be an enormous crop. Yep. Reduced exports, probably, unless, we, unless the rest of the world finally realises how important we are. And we are going to end up with a surplus of stuff mm. that will need to be stored. We yeah. could be a real problem. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and yeah, uh, yeah we shall we shall see. Hopefully, all of our farmers will sell it at a high price, and the market will collapse, and we'll I don't know we'll find a place to clear the surplus. But the longer term perspective of that is probably lower prices further down the line because there's a carryover stock. It's quite you know at the moment it's difficult to see a really optimistic positive path on it. But certainly, if you take a 24 month view, you need stores. Yeah, we've got very sombre now Ben's gone. We? <laughs> we, miss, we miss his cheerful little uh, rising top eight. I think at this point in time is a good time to say thank you very much for listening. I hope you don't mind that some of our humour was um, a little untamed. But uh, do you know what? It's been a rubbish week in so many respects. The yields are down. The stores aren't going to be full. So a little bit of letting off steam is kind of what I needed to do. So I hope you've appreciated that. Certainly it's been quite funny. And we are going to set about a barrel of Adnams now and um, and then get Tess to pick me up later, I think. So thanks for listening and thanks, guys, for uh, joining in. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they're released. Dew and Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, we can supply you with the best strategies to help you achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Call now on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewandgrain.co.uk or follow us on Twitter. We are at dewandgrain. The Dewing Grain Podcast is produced by Tinshed Productions in conjunction with East Coast Design Studio. 